Hey, good to see you here. You are currently listening to Inspire Church Metro Manila. We are one church in multiple locations, and we exist to inspire people to fulfill their God-given potential. We are so glad that you're tuning in right now. Welcome home. Learn more about us by visiting inspiremetro.live. Lean in and enjoy. Look, now is the time. This is the place. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That's why you're here. Look, 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 look. I'm going to read your scripture. It's found in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but with supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What does that mean? I don't know if you're in this place right now, wherever you're at, if you have some anxiety or if you have some anxious thoughts. But I do know this. If you go into this sermon with anxious thoughts, you're going to just be thinking about that and thinking about this message. It's not, you're not going to be able to focus. So I want you to let go of everything so that you can hear from God. So this is what I want. If you need prayer right now, you're battling here. If you need to release some thoughts, you need someone to remind you you're not alone, would you just minimize your window right now? Go to the chat box, type pray. P-R-A-Y. Just type pray. Someone's going to pray for you. Because I need you to know you're the church. Church is here. We're praying with you. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity to pray. Lord, not just for our country, Philippines, but for Southeast Asia, for all over the world, for everyone who's been viewing. Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus, Lord, let kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Help me to preach. Help us to listen. Lord, we want a holy moment. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all say Amen, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. Hey, it's going to be a great Sunday. Look, I got the worship team here. They're amazing. Yeah, they're loud because I told them to be loud. This is like our third take before. Wala sila alam, pero nayon, parang all in na sila. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. But it's fun, it's fun. Look, today I want to talk about your accent. Mm. I want to talk about your accent. When I first moved to the Philippines, uh, we moved from Hawaii. You know, I didn't speak Tagalog very well. I still don't very well, right? But uh, yeah, sabi niya, yeah. And, and I remember when I got here, this was before Uber, Grab. So you, you couldn't just, t- you had to actually commute, right? I didn't know how to commute yet. I didn't know the pasuyo, pabayad, or whatever, all of that. And so we would have to take taxi. And every time I would take a taxi with my wife, Josiah was about two years old, three years old at that time, I realized this. Whenever I would tell the taxi driver where to go, sir, can we go to Trinoma, right? Or can we go to SM North? They would, once they hear my voice, they wouldn't put on the meter. They would give me a flat rate. They would be like, oh, hey, sir, no problem, sir. Good to have you, sir. Sir, you know, tropic, sir. And then they would give me like a flat rate of like 150, 200. And I'm like, isn't it lonely like 75 pesos at that time to go to Trinoma? And so this is what I did. I realized the reason why is because my accent tells them I'm not from here. And so I would tell my wife, I go, babe, you're the one who say it. And I would just say, it would be like I would be... I would whisper to my wife so she would be able to say. 
And she would, she, there was a time where she got so frustrated. She's like, no, you speak up. You tell them. And so I tried, I memorized it, right? Right? <laughs> I'd be like, kuya, pwede ba tayo sa trinoma? Right? <laughs> but immediately they would look at the mirror and they would know that I'm not from this place. Why? Because of my accent. Many of us here who are viewing, you, you got to realize you have an accent, right? If you, you'll know. I know when my wife is talking on the phone, I know she's talking to someone from Laguna. Because all of a sudden, her accent changes, right? It's like a whiny one from Laguna, right? And then mga bisaya. You know that they're bisaya, right? Because of the language they speak. You could even tell what school someone goes to by their accent. Right? You could tell, you could tell a lot about somebody because of their accent. Somebody in the chat box type, your accent. But the thing is, your accent doesn't just tell you where you are from. It can even tell you where you are going. The accent doesn't just say, okay, I know where they're from. Your accent tells where you are going. I'm not just talking about the physical accent, right? You, the, the Filipino accent, right? The, the, the California accent, the, oh, the Hawaiian accent, right? I'm not talking about those type of accents. I'm talking about the accent of the spirit. Because the accent of your spirit tells you, tells those around you what destination you are going towards. It tells you where you're going. You got to understand there's more beyond the Manila accent, U.S. accent. The accent that you got to see, what am I giving off with my spirit? Do I got a frustrated accent? Do I got a bitter accent? Do I got a jealous accent? Do I, got, do I have a prideful accent? Come on now. That's why I hate doing communication or deep talks or conflict resolution over text or messenger. Because someone could say, I'm sorry, but you don't hear the accent. The accent could be like, I'm sorry. Or the accent could be like, I'm sorry. Does that make sense? What accent do you have? Is it a kingdom accent or the accent of the world? Is it, a, is it an accent that follows God or not? We live in a, man, it's been an unpredictable year. It's been a year like no other. And if we are not careful, we might not realize our accent might have changed during this time. Because it's not just about what you say, it's also about how you say it. We've been going through the book of Judges. And we've been going through every judge. And right now we are on Judges chapter 12. And this is a judge called Jephthah. See, Jephthah is a very interesting judge because in this account... It kind of tells you, though you have a potential and though you are called for great things, there can be an opportunity to mishandle that, that calling, to do the wrong thing with the power you receive from God. Am I speaking to somebody here? So let me give you some, some context. Israel had 12 tribes, right? And all, Jacob, uh, who was Israel, gave the tribes to his sons. And the sons were Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, Gad, Asher, Dam, Naphtali, Benjamin, and Joseph. You know Joseph, right? Joseph the dreamer. He was one of the top tier leaders in Egypt. And Joseph had two sons, two sons named Ephraim and Manasseh. Two brothers. And Joseph gave his promised land or his allotted land to Ephraim and Manasseh. 
And so now Ephraim and Manasseh, they both have this inheritance, this land, right? But the problem though, instead of going and, and claiming their promised land, this rivalry, this feud of being having to split their land, now all of a sudden caused family drama. It's very interesting that there's so much drama when it comes to land or when it comes to inheritance. And so now Ephraim and Manasseh, throughout the generation, now instead of finding the promised land, what happens? They create the most horrible, largest civil war in the nation of Israel. Instead of fighting off the, 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 the Canaans or the Ammonites or, or the enemies, they start fighting with each other. Scripture says this, it says in Judges chapter 12, then the people of Ephraim mobilized an army and crossed over the Jordan River to Zephon. They sent this message to Jephthah. Jephthah just fought the Ammonites and won. Ephraim sends the letter. Why didn't you call us for help? To help you fight against the Ammonites. We're going to burn down your house with you in it. He's like, hey, you didn't invite us. So because of that, I'm going to burn you down. And so all of a sudden, Jephthah said, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I summoned you at the beginning of the dispute, but you refused to come. You failed to help us in our struggle against Amon. So when I realized you weren't coming, I risked my life and went to battle without you. And the Lord gave me victory over the Ammonites. So why have you now come to fight me? See that? All of a sudden he was saying, how come you didn't invite us? Pride. We wanted some of the glory. Now Jephthah starts telling about him. It's my victory. It's my thing. I fought them with my life. You see that? It's crazy the words that they are using. So then the people of Ephraim responded, you men of Gilead are nothing more than fugitives from Ephraim and Manasseh. He's saying, hey, you got nothing. This was a trigger word for Jephthah. Because Jephthah's mom was a prostitute. And people looked down on him. And so when Ephraim says, you're nothing, in, in a sense, he was saying, man, you, you were born from a prostitute. And so now Jephthah is like, he's seeing red. Nadilimna, right? He's just, right? Like he's ready to fight. So Jephthah gathered all the men of Gilead and attacked the men of Ephraim and defeated them. Jephthah captured, captured the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And whenever a fugitive of Ephraim tried to go back across, the men of Gilead would challenge him. Are you a member of the tribe of Ephraim? They would ask, if the man said, no, I'm not, they would tell him to say Shibboleth. If he was Ephraim, he would say Sibboleth. Because the people of Ephraim cannot pronounce the word correctly. So Jephthah was so crazy that even the people that were trying to escape and run away from the fight to Ephraim, he blocked them and he says, I need you to say Shibboleth. And he goes, oh, I know, I know, right? Sabine mo Shibboleth, right? And because Bisaya sila, sabine Sibboleth, right? <laughs> but, but because their accent was different, they said Sibboleth. And once they heard that, they knew, oh, these guys are from Ephraim. And now Manasseh killed 42,000 men from his half-brother's tribe. 42,000 people have died and they're part of the same nation. They are part of the people of God. They're not even fighting the enemy anymore. They're fighting against themselves. Today, I need us to realize we got to watch our accent. This started because of the accent. This started because of not just shibboleth and sibboleth, but because of the accent of their spirit. 
See, today I want us to be able to see what are those accents, what's going on. Because God wants to bring you into the promised land. God wants to move you into the promised land. But I'm telling you this, you got to make sure your accent is not stopping you. Your accent is not stopping you from crossing over. So today we're going to learn how do I make sure my accent allows me to cross into the promised land. What's your accent? Because it's not just what you say, it's all about how you say it. And so for the next couple of points, Pastor Mike is going to be bringing the heat. He's going to be bringing the fire. Man, I love it. Get ready for this. Let's go. The first one, if you're ready, somebody say, I'm ready. ready. Come on, everybody say, I'm ready. ready. Number one, here it is. Number one, your accent will reveal your location. Your accent will tell you if you're in a good place. Your accent will tell you if you're struggling. Your accent will tell you if you need a break. Your accent will tell you if you need Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. The true test is what's coming out of your mouth. Your accent will give you away. Somebody say amen. The men of Ephraim would come on over and they couldn't say shibboleth. They would say sibboleth. There was, they had a speech impediment going on at this time. There was something wrong with what they were saying because they were not able to pronounce it or to enunciate for one reason or another. I told them, it, it, it told people where they were from. It told them where they grew up. It told them a lot of things about them. And you know what it was? It was a test. It was a test. They probably were thinking, what's the one word that they're going to come across? They don't know. They got no hologram on their, uh, on their ticket. There's no watermark on their, on their, uh, on their, on their ballot. Uh, there, there is no QR code or nothing like that coming across. There's no password. The only thing I can come up with is this. Can you say... The word shibboleth. This is the only thing they could come across. They didn't say, let me see a necklace. Let me see a birthmark. You know, let me see. Do you have a tattoo behind your ear or something? No, don't. Is there anything like a little secret? There's no, is there a handshake? If I do this, 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 what are you going to do? If I TikTok that, what do you TikTok next? No, they, there was none of that. It was just say the word with me now. On the count of three, say shibboleth. And they would say shibboleth. Your accent will tell you where you're from. Your accent will tell you where you are. From the crossing of the Jordan River to Peter being detected outside of the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, at the home of the high priest. Matthew chapter 26, verse 23. After a little while, those standing nearby came up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them, they said, for your accent gives you away. <laughs> Your accent gives you away. You got to be one of the Galileans. You from the north, right? You, you're one of the hillbillies up in the north and you came down. You were with Jesus. You're one of the 12 with Jesus. He goes, I don't know the man. And a little girl comes up to him and says, yes, surely you were with Jesus. I, I, I saw you. I couldn't. He goes, I don't even know the man, he's saying. And then all of a sudden, the last one says, surely you are. Your accent gives you away. He goes, no. And he swears. He says something really bad. And all of a sudden, we hear the Arakawa's rooster. With the Palaka red Palaka shirt. And all of a sudden he realizes that he's busted. He's been found out. And Jesus just looks at him. He goes all of a sudden looks at him like this. <laughs> and he was undone. Peter was undone. Peter was over. He was over for Peter. Your accent will tell you if you are speaking like a commoner or you're speaking like a prince or a princess. My language or my accent tells me where I'm from. But it should also tell others where I'm headed. should also tell you people where you're headed. I believe the same principle is true when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. 
Jesus said in John chapter 6, my words are spirit and life. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus spoke with power. Jesus spoke with authority. Jesus spoke with life. So there was no misinterpretation of what Jesus was trying to accomplish. Jesus spoke life. There's no way that you could take Jesus' words out of context and make them your own. There's no way. There's no way because Jesus was absolutely clear. He had power. Jesus had authority. Speaking about being misinterpreted or misunderstood. Anybody ever been misinterpreted or misunderstood before? So I was in Thailand a long time ago on one of the first missionary trips. Uh, I I, I don't know if Brian was with me, but I I do know Vince Dobbinspeck and Stephen Ka'a. And I think my sound was good and something just happened to my sound. But anyway, here we were. We were sitting down and I said, you know, we came so far. It would be really nice to get a Thai massage. You know what I'm talking about? I heard so much about them. And so I'm sitting down and everybody's sitting all around and we're sitting like this. And and, um, they're putting our feet in hot water and they're giving us... They're giving us, you know, hot tea, and I'm wearing a robe, and everybody's got robes on, pajama pants too, so, you know, that's cool. Big drawstring. Anyway, um, you got to get the whole picture, you know what I'm saying? You're like, why is he giving us so much detail? Because I want you to see the whole picture. So I'm like this, and Vince is over there. Vince is with his wife, Julie. Thomas is on the other side. Steven is over, Steven's right here on my left. And, you know, we've got these curtain rooms, and you can go in there and curtain. You can, you can, you know, you can hear everybody. If I like, ah, everybody could hear that. So anyway... I'm right there, and I got my feet in the water, and, and I'm like, I've got a high threshold of pain when it comes to massages. Um, you just ask my wife. I said, you know, I'm not the kind of like, ah, you know, I'm just like, like get, yeah, come on, put that elbow in there. Yes, yes, right there, right there. You know, I'm like that. I will guide you if you're my massage. I'll tell you exactly what to do. Don't, don't, don't tickle me. Just go right there. Anyway, just too much, TMI. So my, my feet is in the water, and I'm like this, and, and, and I already said, you know, I, I, want, I, want the, I want the lady that seems like she can get the, you know, she can... She can probably press hard. And so the lady's in front of me. I looked at her. I said, I, sh- I think she can press hard. And so my friend Steven's over here. And she's over there. And, I'm, and she, she looked at me. And she's washing my feet. And she goes, she was, she's washing my feet. She goes, you, 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 like, you like hot? I said, oh, oh yeah. You know, the water's hot. Tea's hot. I like it hot. Really hot. This is really good. Thank you so much. She, oh, okay, okay. You like hot. I said, I, I, I love it hot. And then anyway, I didn't realize my first time in a Thai massage... And I didn't realize the contortionist moves that they put you into. You know what I'm talking about? It's just not fly, lie, flat in your face, put your face in that thing. It's like, okay, put your ankle, put it behind your head. You know, <laughs> let, let, me, let me dig my knee into you. And I just started getting worked. I started getting worked. And I'm over there, I'm like this, like, ah, ah. I'm still making noise, like, ah, ah. And everybody's giggling around me because I got the lady that can press hard. Like, ah, oh, my, oh, oh, oh. No, 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 Like, because my thighs and my hamstrings, I cannot handle. I have very sensitive thighs and hamstrings. Anyway, I'm like, ah! And everybody starts laughing. And I go, Stephen, you want to trade? Stephen goes, yeah, you like trade. I said, yes, this trade. I feel like she's going to break my femur or something. I don't know. So he trade, and she goes, I thought you like, I thought you like hot. I said, I like hot. You know, like hot. I said, oh, hard. Yeah, hot. Hard. Yeah, hot. I don't like hard. No wonder. It got lost in the translation. It was her accent or my accent. We just were not seeing eye to eye. Right now, so much is getting lost in translation. I'm meant this, but you're receiving that. I didn't mean it like this, but you're taking it like that. 
And right now, our accent will definitely determine our location. Somebody say amen. amen. See, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 says, from out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So every time a Christian leader opens his mouth, people in the world ought to recognize that this person speaks differently from everybody else. Different. People should hear that there is an accent, that there is an inflection to the tone of the statements made by a Christian. You don't have to be a leader to have an accent of the kingdom. In fact, we all should be having an accent of the kingdom. If I were to tell you that we're all leaders, we all are anyway, no matter who you are, how old you are, people are watching you and you're leading them in the name of Jesus. So number one, your accent will reveal your location. Here's number two. Number two, here's what I'm learning on the crossings is not every insult requires you to reply. Not every insult requires a reply. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't reply to Pontius Pilate. Jesus didn't even reply to Herod. When he was crucified, before he was crucified, he replied nothing to nobody. All he did was speak to the two thieves on the cross, one thief on the cross. And the other person that he spoke to was his mother, and he spoke to John. And that's all the speaking that I remember him doing. As a matter of fact, when Pontius Pilate said to him, you know, I have the power of life and death pretty much. You know, I can let you go right now. Jesus didn't answer. He said, you only, only power you got is from my father. My father gave you that power. Herod said, let me see you do something miracle, miraculous. Let me do, see you do something amazing. Jesus wouldn't even give in to him. And oftentimes we feel the need to defend ourselves and reply on someone that is spreading something or said something or commenting or whatever it is. Don't get into that trap. It's a big time trap. I'm telling you right now, it's a trap. So if you see this, I've got flies around my house. I have a good house, but right now when it rains... I don't know where these flies come. I think they come out of the grass. You know what I'm talking about? They just come. They're like baby larvae. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, rain. They're like, oh, rain. We'll come to life. And they start flying all over like crazy. <laughs> Anybody getting a lot of problems with flies lately, right? So we got flies all over the place. And so what I decided to do the other day was do what I've done before. I go down to the hardware store and I pick me up one of these fly bags. What happens is you, un- you, you either cut off the top and you twist it, or this is one of the more expensive ones called a dollar more. You twist it and you open it up. When you open it up, you can see that this is where the flies would come in, right? There's an opening right here. But what you actually do is you fill it up with water to the water line right about here. There's a solution in here that actually, um, actually is very, very stink. It's actually meant to attract flies, okay? So if you can think of what smells attract flies, it smells like this. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we'll play the game of scratch and sniff. We can do that like, what is that? Oh, right? So what this is, is kind of like, this smells like, honestly, um, um, it smells like patisse um, with bagong mixed together, with hamha, um, and maybe some shiracha, you know, mix it all up, <laughs> add some water to it. And this is what this thing smells like, because it's meant to catch flies. You feeling me, right? So when the thing was filled up and I already had my string um, tied up, I went to my palm tree to go tie it up. So, you know, you shake it a little bit. And if you shake it, then, you know, the, the aroma says, here, flies, come, flies, come, 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 flies, come inside here. But anyway, I shook it. And as I shook it, I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody that went before me sliced it with a razor blade before. But when I opened up this thing and I hung it, why are you laughing, Micah? Why are you laughing? The thing spilled all over my feet and on my brand new slippers. And I tell you what, all of a sudden, I became the fly trap. (laughs) 
<laughs> what you need to be careful of. I'm going to say this. Social media has now become the fly trap. I get in and I get out. I get in. Like, like, like. Swipe, swipe, swipe. And I get out. Because you know why I'm worried about? I'm worried about all that stuff getting all over me again. Be very, very careful now. Am I, am I, are you feeling me? See, not every insult requires you to reply. And I've had a few. I had one guy take a picture of me on Memorial Day, Veterans Day, outside, and I looked at the flag and said, you see that flag? This is why we're here. It's Veterans Day. This is why we get to church. Yes, I know Jesus. I know that. It's a given. But because of the men and women who spilled their blood, this is why we're here. Come on. Right? And I come to church. Well, someone took a shot of that. They used to go to this church back in the day, put it up on social media, and said, this pastor needs to get it straight. We're here because of Jesus. I'm like, oh my gosh. Are you serious? So I know the kid. I know his family. I know all, all that we've done for them. I know how much we love them. And this is the youngest one. I'm thinking he must be a little lost. He's in the mainland. So I told Clint, Clint, can you go answer for me? Because I don't want to lose my witness. I don't want to ruin my testimony. Because my thumbs don't always do what my mind says to do. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might take some words and just Benny Hanna that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. So I composed a very gracious response. And Clint put it up for me. And the long story short is, did he require a response? No, he did not require a response. But why did I respond to him? Because he was part of his family's part of the family. And so Roger Archer always tells me this. And you can tell this is raw because you know, this is Saturday. But I really studied today, like another eight hours today, <laughs> to redo what I did for this weekend. And this is what he tells me. And maybe this might help you. Always be understanding while being misunderstood until they understand. Always be understanding while being misunderstood until they understand. And it might be a while before they understand. But always be understanding while being misunderstood until they understand. Because not everybody deserves a response. Not every insult needs another blow. Not every tooth needs another tooth. And not every, other, every eye needs another eye. Because in Judges chapter 12, verse 1, the Manassehite said, Why didn't you call for us to help you fight against the Ammonites, the common enemy? And then it escalated. And then they said in Judges chapter 12, verse 1b, they said, they sent this message to Jephthah. Why didn't you call us to help you fight against your Ammonites? We are going to burn down your house with you in it. It escalated. It went ballistic. So quickly. But Proverbs 15.1 says this. And I love this. A gentle answer <laughs> deflects anger. But harsh words make tempers flare. Well, think about this for a moment. It's kind of like putting a move back on somebody else. Like anybody here watch Ip Man? Keep your hands up if you watch Ip Man 1. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if you watch Ip Man 2. Keep your hands up if you watch Ip Man 3. 
Keep your hands up if you watch Ip Man 4. Keep your hands up if you wish you were a Shaolin too. <laughs> Just kidding. What I, what I love about this on Ip Man, <clears throat> and Ip Man is the guy that taught Bruce Lee how to fight. What I love about Kung Fu, although I don't know Kung Fu, although I do figure I can do some Prey Mantis moves. You know what I'm talking about? I can like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, your kung fu is better than my kung fu. Which style do you like? Korean style? Good style. I know already. I got it. I got it. I know how it works. But look at the verse. A gentle answer deflects anger. That's for all the young ones up there. I know you love this. I know you love this. Uncle Mike, Uncle Mike's going off today. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Ecclesiastes 10:12 says, Words from the mouth of the wise are gracious, but fools are con consumed by their own lips. We are more sensitive now than ever before. We are not required to be silent on things you don't agree with. You're not required to be silent. This is not that message. But what I'm saying is you must speak up if you must speak up. But it's the how and the what and the when that is very, very important. And the last point I want to bring to you today is this. Number three, write it down. You got to understand when we're talking about crossing, we're crossing over to our promised land. When we got to talk about and realize, you know, it's not just what you say, but it's how you say it. You got to understand, I need you to realize this, that number three, there is a miracle in your mouth. Come on now. There is a miracle in your mouth. There's a miracle in your mouth. Somebody in the chat box type it right now. There's a miracle in your mouth. Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I think it's safe to say that one of the greatest weapons in our generation today, in this year today, is not atomic weapons, it's not physical weapons, but it's the weapon, it's the power of the tongue. The tongue is used to bash, the tongue is used to hurt, the tongue is used to bring down, the tongue is used so many ways. You might be saying, I never said anything, but the question is, have you typed something? Have you messaged something? Have you even thought something? And a lot of times you got to understand there's power. What is your tongue saying? Is it death or is it life? Is it bringing a spirit, an accent of death or is it bringing an accent of life? But I need to speak specifically to some of us right now because it's not people on the outside that are using this weapon against you. For some of us, you're using the weapon against yourself. The fruits that are coming out of your mouth are not fruits, but it's spoiled fruit. It's death. You might be saying right now, Nolan, I don't say anything. You know, I, I don't really say nothing. No, but it's the unspoken words that you are saying. The words that I can't do this. The words that this will never be enough. The words that maybe God can't hear me. The words that, man, I, I, I'm, I'm messed up. The words that maybe nobody cares for me. The words that you keep speaking over yourself and it's burying you. It's causing death. I need someone here right now to know instead of death, there can be miracles. There can be, there, there, there can be life. 
There is power in the tongue. You need to speak to yourself. You need to speak life to yourself. You got to remind yourself that God has a plan for you. You got to remind yourself, I might have gotten an argument or I might have got offended, but that offense will not be a wall because I will forgive them just as God forgave me. You got to speak life. You got to, whenever you say, man, nobody understands, nobody cares. Really? Eight billion people in the world and nobody? I'm pretty sure there's somebody. We got to make sure that the accent in our minds, the action of, accent of our word, stop speaking death. There's a story that I want to close with. Story of Thomas Edison. You guys know Thomas Edison, right? right? Thomas Edison created the light bulb, created many things, right? A bunch of, uh, of inventions. He's known as the greatest genius of our century. He's one of the smartest guys. But the interesting thing was when he was a child, his mom brought him to a school. And as a child in a school, he would be studying just like any normal student. And one day, you get uh, the mom, Anna, gets a letter from the teacher. And the letter literally says this, your son, listen to me. Imagine you're a parent, you get this letter from your mom. The letter says this, your son is mentally ill. That he is retarded that he cannot stay in this school. We will not allow him to attend our institution any longer because he does not have the mental capacity to finish school. In a sense, they were saying there's no potential. There's no hope. Just the, he can't be here because he doesn't do anything. So instead, the mom got Thomas Edison, brought him out of that school, and started homeschooling him. Got all the, the curriculum, got all the equipment, got all of that. And every single day, he would teach, she would teach her son. She would tell her son, Tom, you're a genius. Tom, there's potential in you. Tom, I love you. Tom, you're a genius. Tom, you're going to accomplish some great things. And now, because of that accent that she spoke, instead of the accent of death that the teacher spoke but the accent of love the accent of hope the accent of potential we all know how great Thomas Edison became can I tell you some of you you've heard too many too many accents that are bringing you down You've heard it in your mind over and over and over. It's on repeat. But listen to me today. I need you to know you're a genius. There's more to you than you believe. God has a plan for you. God is for you. God's not done with you today. There is greatness in you. But I'm not just saying positive words. preaching promise words this is not just hey bro let's have good vibes <laughs> no no this is hey bro let's look at the word of God because it will show me who I really am and so if you have felt this accent of death you've held, felt this accent of discouragement and you're like man I can't I don't know why I keep believing it. I don't know why I keep listening to it. I know you got to retune. You got to surrender your tuning, your listening, your thoughts to the right key in a sense. Who's that? Jesus. It's so easy to get 
misaligned, to get out of tune. Like a guitar, if I drop the guitar right now, number one, Josh would get mad, but number two, it would go out of tune. Some of you, you've been dropped. Some of you, your hope been dropped. Some of you, 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 you've smashed against history, consequences, life. And you just haven't been hearing Jesus clearly. But today, I want to pray for you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a retuning. Lord, I pray that your voice will be clear, Lord God. It will not be. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus and I bind and rebuke the distortion of your voice now in Jesus' name. Let there be a clarity like no other, Lord. And if you're here today and you've been doing things on your own and you've been just trying to be positive vibes and positive thinking, I'm telling you it's not going to last. You're just going to wear yourself out. You got to be promise thinking. You got to be following the promise keeper. His name is Jesus. So I'm going to give you the opportunity right now. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus, realign your life to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. Listen to me. I said Lord and Savior. Not just Savior where God helps you, but Lord where you obey God. You need both. And if you need that, if you want Jesus, listen, I'm not here to convert you. I'm not here to change your religion. I'm just here to lead you to the greatest promise keeper. His name is Jesus. He'll forgive you of all your sins. He'll remind you of the plans and purposes he has for you in your life. And he will give you the confidence that your last breath on earth will be your first breath in heaven. You'll go to heaven. So if that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, Jesus, thank you for being my promise keeper. I've been distracted. I've been listening to the wrong voices but I surrender my life now. Be my Savior, but also be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Come on now. I'm excited. Woo! What accent do you have now, huh? <laughs> hey, look, if you prayed that prayer, go to the chat box and say, I prayed that prayer. I surrendered my life. Hand emoji. Just like Pastor Mike always says, right only rice unlimited rice right we got that filipino anointing accent here but i love you guys you know we're based in metro manila Quezon city but i know many of you are viewing outside of philippines but you are welcome here make sure to take your next step at inspiremetro.live if it's your first time here, we got a swag bag for you. You can fill that out. We'll get it to you. A digital swag bag for those out of Metro Manila. And also, don't forget, if you still, you know, need prayer, and if you surrendered your life to Jesus, type in the chat right now. I surrendered my life to Jesus. I prayed that prayer. Man, Woo! I want to celebrate with you today. Hey, look, I love you. God bless you. Get ready because this month, this month coming up, we are starting our Heart for the House season. It's just a, a time where we go above and beyond and see what God can do. And man, man, I'm, I'm, you already know this, but we are moving. And I'm going to show you. I'm going I'm to give you more details in the weeks to come. Hey, we love you. Don't do this alone. God bless you. For joining us and for listening to Inspire Church Metro podcast. Stay in the loop by checking inspiremetro.live.